Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. I am this week's host, Brian Stone, the George Southern writer for Underdog Dynasty. Uh, your normal main host, Matt Miguez, is out. I think Aliens kidnapped his dog or something like that. I don't know. That, that was the reason he gave me. Uh, but joining me this week, uh, Georgia State and Georgia Southern contributing writer, Zeke Palermo. Zeke, what's up, man? Hey Brian, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's been a couple weeks, but it's uh, good to be back on. For sure. So let's just go ahead and get right to it. Uh, just recapping Week 11's slate of games. Uh, let's start from the top. Uh, the game that you ended up recapping. Is it too too much to say that this is the most impactful win in Georgia State's uh, program history? Georgia State beats Coastal Carolina 42-40. Zeke, kind of give me your take on on this game and how it all played out. So, um, first off, very important win just for the program. Um, Georgia State still very fresh, relatively speaking. Um, I believe this is their twelfth uh, season uh, with a football program, and this is their uh, beating Coastal as their first win over a ranked opponent um, after having come real close against uh, North Carolina, Auburn, Louisiana earlier this year. Um, they finally got that win, and um, it was a weird game for sure. You know, uh, Coastal Carolina still trying to figure it out without Grayson McCall. Um, um, Georgia State, I mean, they, I can't make heads or tail of this team. I've been covering them all year. It's, <laughs> it's a Jekyll and Hyde every week. So um, very important win for Georgia State. You know, they stay in bowl contention with two relatively easy games on the – on the horizon, but, uh, for coastal Carolina, you know, they slipped down the standings, but I mean, it's still coastal, you know, you, ha- you have those weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, like you said, it, it's gotta be the biggest win for Georgia state in their program history. Um, coastal, I mean, okay. So coastal now falls to two conference losses. Uh, you know, App still has to play Troy and Georgia Southern the next two weeks to close out the year. But, I mean, effectively, this pretty much ended any chances, I think, that Coastal had of making the, the Sunbelt title game as a representative for the Eastern uh, Division. Um, you know, it, they were having to kind of cross their fingers and hope that App slipped up uh, if they even won out. And just the fact that Coastal lost, I mean, this is this effectively eliminates them from from contention there. So Matt will be happy. Uh, he, he does not like coastal by any stretch of the imagination. Although I, I said this to him last week, I said, uh, be careful what you wish for. If you want to face app state in the, uh, in the title game that, that, uh, that might come back to bite you, but getting into this one, you know, Darren Granger had a really good game, 18 of 24 for two touchdowns, 198 yards passing. Um, 
Zeke, I had watched Darren Granger play the last couple weeks against, uh, uh, you know, the last couple games rather against Southern uh, Georgia, Southern Louisiana. Um, my biggest gripe with him when I watched him is it felt like he was just completely oblivious to pressure up front. How how was he able to kind of work around that uh, and make Coastal pay through the air? So with Darren Granger and, um, you know, you see this very, very common with uh, our, our group of five quarterbacks is they are very, very adept at their feet. You know, they're guys that can rely on their feet to get themselves out of trouble. Uh, you know, at the high school level, right, you just kind of run away, score, gain 20 yards. And to a certain extent, that's uh, that's very doable um, when we're at this level of football. Um and Georgia State against other opponents, um, you said you've watched them the past couple of weeks. You'll know Georgia State's got a very, very good offensive line. They're they're incredible in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And um, so when when Georgia State comes up against these opponents, these coastals, these Louisianas, teams that have uh, frightening front sevens, um, you know that penetrate that backfield. Granger's just kind of left to uh, you know panic mode, right? Roll out try to create something with his feet. And uh, that's his biggest issue, I think, right now. And what's holding him back from really taking that next step as a quarterback is the inability to, you know, step up, climb the ladder, or stay in the pocket, find the next guy. Yeah, I, I said this when when I watched the the Georgia State-Georgia Southern game. The, the times where Georgia Southern got pressure, uh, Darren Granger looked like a deer in the headlights. Like, he, mm-hmm. he had no clue what to do. And, I mean... You watched that game as well. The first half, I mean, he was absolutely awful of that game. It, do you you agree, right? Like, oh uh, yeah, without question, that was a that was a second half performance from the Panthers uh, that that won them that game. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you know, credit to him coming out and and being able to beat Coastal. I, I do just want to wrap up by asking you this question. How much of this do you attribute, and, and obviously a lot of it's on Coastal's defense if you're allowing 42 points, but how much of this do you kind of chalk up to the fact that Grayson McCall wasn't able to go? Um, I don't know how much of an impact that had because, you know what, they scored 40 points uh, against a team. Obviously, Georgia State's had to, Army was an ugly defensive performance, as was South Carolina, but this Georgia State defense is is respectable. Um, you know, you got you got to – You've got to take them for the – they're better than the numbers uh, indicate. So the fact that they were able to put up 40 points, I mean, that's that's not small potatoes. Um, you'd love McCall, you know, locker room guy. He's been there, right? All, all the, the adages about having your number one quarterback. But I, they looked fine without him and just defensively were unable to keep the, uh, the Panthers from moving down the field. Yeah, for sure. So with that, uh, Georgia State moves to five and five this season, four and two in Sunbelt play. Coastal Carolina drops to eight and two, four and two in conference play, and now have to hope that App State drops their next two consecutive games in order to propel Coastal to the Eastern, you know, division title and and even the Sunbelt title game. Like I said, uh, the chances of that happening are extremely tiny at this point but speaking of Appalachian State uh they come out on Saturday and absolutely wallop South Alabama at home 31 to 7 um you know Desmond Trotter had to play once again 
uh, over the injured uh, Jake Bentley for the Jaguars. And uh, it did not go well. Uh, he threw, you know, two interceptions, including one was a 100-yard pick six uh, for App State. And uh, I mean, App just pretty much flexed their muscles all over the over South Alabama in this one. So, kind of give me your take on this game. Um, I was the most surprising thing for me about this game was Chase's Chase Bryce's performance. Um, and I mean, they get they get away with the win, thirty-one to seven, incredible. But Chase Bryce, uh, for a guy that wants his con- uh, name to be in the conversation for best quarterback in the Sun Belt, you know, one of those one of those guys when it comes to who are the best players in the Sun Belt. He, he was only fourteen for twenty-six passing, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. I was, um, I was drastically unimpressed by Chase Bryce's performance. Um, and I mean, credit where credit is due, the. Uh, Mountaineers were able to still get nearly 140 rushing yards, um, carried the ball, I think, for some, um, for about four yards per carry. But Chase Bryce, I mean, it, you're talking about the walloping. The scoreboard shows that, but as a performance, not impressed. Yeah, I, I said this a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was even last week, that Chase Bryce sneakily picks the the teams that are in the lower rungs of the conference to have his worst games against Mm -hmm. like outside of the Louisiana game, which he was absolutely dreadful against Louisiana when they played on, on like a Tuesday night, I believe it was or something like that. Um, Outside of that, if you go back and look at his game logs, I mean, it's so weird how he has his worst games against non impressive teams but the but the team overall is just so talented that it doesn't it ends up not mattering. You know what right. I mean? So it's like, you know, I'm looking at some of his previous games. Arkansas State, the, who has the worst defense in the country, I think statistically. That you know, last week they won 48-14. He throws for 163, one touchdown and one pick. Um, you know, the last two weeks combined he has three touchdowns and three interceptions in his last two games so i i guess if you're an app fan you have to just cross your fingers and hope that he turns in kind of a coastal carolina uh esque type of performance in the sunbelt title game that you are almost certainly going to at this point but i mean we saw it once already against the cajuns like he's he can be a liability. I mean, he can be a turnover machine. And I think if they don't end up winning the Sun Belt, he's going to be a huge reason why. Yeah, they've got at Troy and um, hosting Southern, Georgia Southern, the rest of that way, which should be an opportunity for him to, you know, catch that rhythm. But, uh, you know, like you're saying, looking at the schedule, it, or rather his game logs, will he be able to flow into that momentum leading into the – conference championship i i'm just very very unsure about that i think if and and louisiana kind of did this when they played app earlier this year they they just took away the run and dared chase bryce to to beat them through the air and mm-hmm. and he just couldn't do it i mean in that game he threw for 133 and two picks uh didn't throw a touchdown i, I mean he he had two of his best games back to back against coastal and ulm and then he's kind of back in that weird slump mode. Um, so we'll see if they can break out of that. He's got two more weeks to kind of get his mind right because, I mean, let's be honest, games against Troy and Georgia Southern are kind of foregone conclusions at this point. 
uh, app is much better than both of those teams. So, um, but moving on past this game, South Alabama drops to five and five, two and five in conference play. App State moves to eight and two, five and one in conference play. Uh, the next game of the night was the one that I was glued to, but also. I, w- I just couldn't wait for this game to be over. Uh, Georgia State or Georgia Southern beats Texas State rather 38 uh, 30. Zeke, I don't know how much of this game you caught because I, I'm fairly sure the Georgia State game was going on at the same time, uh, roughly, as this game. But this was one of the most sloppiest, sloppily played games I've seen in a long time. Um, in, in my recap, I wrote. I said, you know, this this game, Georgia Southern may have come away with the win, but this game set the sport of football back a couple years uh, with, with just how both neither team could conceivably do much right. Uh, it, it seemed like both of them were tripping over their own feet at times. Uh, the one bright spot, Georgia Southern uh, was was freshman quarterback Cam Ransom, uh, who got knocked out of this game uh, with a shoulder injury, but was seven of 12 for 125 and a touchdown. Uh, he looked re- really good, and uh, I think he deserves a, a shot at the job full time once Clay Hilton and company kind of come in and and get their offense installed. Yeah, um, something you know more anecdotal about this game. Something that I absolutely love. Um, and you're right; I didn't watch a ton of the game, but even going in, you can kind of predict this was two extremes of offensive ideologies. Um, Texas State passed the ball 46 times. Georgia State ran the ball, I think, 43 um, is what my notes have. Yeah, Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, that's just – that contrast is fascinating to me. Um, I, I did read your recap and I watched the highlights. Not a lot to love about that game, but um, I think, you know, now um, Spavadol at Texas State, one one step closer to being out the door. Um and it's good for Helton to uh, get that first win. Well, technically, it's not going to go on his resume. Uh, he he doesn't take over till twenty twenty two. But oh, um, really? Are they still rocking with the uh, defensive back coach? Yes, or, he okay. they 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 have to they have to have their interim for the rest of the year. But um, okay, gotcha. I'm sorry. There, there's some rule on on like the number of coaches you're allowed to have on a staff, and they're at that capacity. So Helton is out on the recruiting trail. Uh, and apparently evaluating practices and games, but he's not doing any actual coaching. Um, but okay. the funny thing was, you know, you mentioned how much Texas State threw the ball. I almost made the I, I was trying to make the argument in my recap. They didn't throw the ball enough. Um, I, I mean, if you look at their stats, mm-hmm. 35 carries for 78 yards. They they ran for 2.2 yards per carry. And and Tyler Vitt was was kind of carving Georgia Southern up, and then it felt like as soon as he started to gain some momentum, Spavadol would turn around, and run the ball twice, and put them in a third and long that they couldn't bail themselves out of. So it, it was a weird. It was it was almost like two teams going, "You take it, no, you take it, no, no, you, no, I, no, I insist." <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it, it was kind of that way because it's like when Justin Tomlin comes in for Southern, he's like an absolute turnover machine. And he, he threw a nice touchdown pass that was wide open. Um, but then the next series, I think he came down and just threw another, threw like another backbreaking pick. And, and from that point on, I was like, if Southern loses this game, it's because Cam Ransom got knocked out with the shoulder injury, but they, they did enough to win. Um, 
like I said, very sloppy game. Both teams blocking punts, uh, returning those for touchdowns. Um, Texas State maybe had the worst uh, fake punt that I've ever seen in my life where their punter decided he was going to roll out uh, and he's like a rugby style punter and he took three steps and fell flat on his butt. And, and so Georgia Southern took over from, I think, the Texas State, like 25 at one point. Uh, it was it was just the, the stats don't tell the whole story. You had to watch this game to see how ugly it was. And uh, the announcers, woof, uh, just I've never seen announcers so just blatantly root for one team like they, they every time texas state like would make a a, a a penalty or something one of the announcers was like come on boys we got this and oh. i was just like i understand this is espn plus i understand this is not the big time but this is kind of ridiculous and yeah i mean i mean one of one of our old writers uh vidal espinoza who's a texas state guy uh, i was tweeting him on saturday and i said i almost respect how how blatant you your announcers are just rooting for the for the Bobcats. <laughs> like I almost have to respect it. Um, but in that one, uh, Georgia Georgia Southern moves to three and seven, picks up their second Sun Belt win of the season. Texas State, uh, like you said, Spavadol very much marching towards the end of his tenure. Three and seven as well. Two and four in Sun Belt play. Um, the next game, uh, Louisiana defeats Troy 35-21. Uh, we got good Levi Lewis this week. You never know which, which side of him you're going to get, uh, through three touchdown passes. Um, uh, the funny thing is when Matt comes on and hosts this show, they'll win a, they'll win a game by two scores and he'll talk about how bad they looked. So yeah. I, I wish I had these kind of problems as a Georgia Southern <laughs> fan. Um, yeah, it's important for them to come out and win, um, after, win by a, a margin that's greater than, you know, three, four points after letting, um, after letting Georgia state, um, hang around four quarters last week. Um, mm-hmm. so that, I mean, that's just crucial in terms of like, are we legit? Yeah, they're legit. Um, still undefeated. I mean, you're in the West, West division, uh, which is monumentally worse than the East division when it comes to the Sun Belt. Um, Easily. Yeah. I mean, without, <laughs> no one will uh, fight you on that, but, uh, not much to add. It was like you said. It was Levi uh, Lewis finally showing up, right? Um, that Jekyll and Hyde kind of deal. Um, thinking about thinking forward three week, three or four weeks from now, when we get to the Sun Belt uh, Championship game, and it's Levi Lewis and um, Chase Bryce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's could the story could just be which guy shows up. You know, both of them are fifty fifty on any given week. So. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a something to keep an eye on um, for both teams moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, in the last matchup between App and Louisiana, it was Levi Lewis showed up, but it was one of those performances where you'd have to watch the game to understand like what he contributed. Um, they, they ran the ball effectively as a team, but it was really his ability to kind of push the ball down the field that, that backed App off the line of scrimmage and allowed them those running lanes. And, like I said earlier, you know, Chase Bryce could not stop turning the football over. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're on a collision course for Louisiana uh, app in the uh, Sunbelt title game. Um, like you said, not a ton to add here. Gunnar Watson threw for 350, but they were down, I think, 28 to 13 at one point. 
made a little bit of a, of a comeback bid. And then uh, Montrell Johnson with five minutes left, just kind of slammed the door on him and made it the final score 35, 21. But Louisiana moves to nine and one this season, seven and zero in Sunbelt play. Troy drops to five and five, three and three in conference play. Um, I personally, I, I don't know how you feel about this. Let me, let me go ahead and ask you how hot do you think Chip Lindsay's seat should be as the Troy head coach? Because we're going on year two or three of his tenure. I'm not exactly sure. And they've not really been what they were under former coach Neil Brown, which was a, a Sunbelt title contender. Right. Um, so it's important to remember, obviously, uh, within Sunbelt play, uh, Troy's what? Are they two and three or three and two rather they are now three and three three and three i mean obviously you you want to be winning records right you want to be above 500 but um considering the other teams that are in the east the teams they've got to be playing like louisiana and um coastal and uh, you know georgia state is a respectable team and southern shows up on you know certain weeks so it's not like uh, above 500 in the sunbelt Eastern Division is uh, a cakewalk. Um, you know, foot, football, college football is a very fickle sport. You know, they uh, they trade head coaches like it's uh, like they're you know trading cards, baseball cards. But do I think Lindsey's seat should be hot? It should be warm, but he he may be approaching um, his final, if not his penultimate um, season. Yeah, just for just for context, he's in the middle of year three. Uh, his record as a head coach at Troy is 15 and 18, and he has a nine and 12 record at this point in conference play. So, I I think it is. I think it should be getting hot. Um, yeah. You know, Neil Brown left left a, a pretty tough to live up to kind of rep for for Troy, and they just they haven't been that under Chip Lindsey. So we'll see kind of what he if he sticks around for year four because the results on the field really haven't been there but uh moving on to the last game uh arkansas state picks up their first sunbelt win of the season uh surprisingly uh over ul monroe 27 24 um i had picked this as my upset of the week um because ul monroe had had a couple of nice games middle of the year um, but they seem to have kind of fallen back into that, you know, pattern that they had been earlier this season. And um, I thought Arkansas State was going to score some points. I didn't know if Yule Monroe was going to be able to match them score for score. Uh, but it really was that that um, that 10 point run to end the game uh, with Lane Hatcher throwing a touchdown. Blake Group or Group A kicking the, the, the game winner uh, with 117 left. Zeke, what did you kind of take away from this game for both teams? Um, you know, finally, it's great to get that first conference win for Arkansas State. Um, even if it's over the likes of ULM, you know, you want that first win, right? Good for uh, – is it Butch Jones is there? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Butch yep, Jones. Butch Jones. Um, it was interesting that they managed to get their first win scoring only 27 points, right? The The DNA of this team is supposed to be hyper-offensive – we're going to outscore you. They only put up three touchdowns, um, mm-hmm. which I, I just thought was a, a little bizarre and um, not reflective of what this team strives to do week in, week out. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of makes you wonder, well, did they really deserve to win this game? If 
they're supposed to be winning games with over 40 points scored. Um, you know, is it really, did Arkansas State win this game or did UL Monroe just, were they unable to get the offense clicking? And, um, but it was, a, it was a fun game to look back on. You know, that's, that's part of Butch Jones' Arkansas State. So they're just going to throw the rock and they're going to make you have fun watching it whether you want to or not. Um, but I was, it, I mean, that's really all I've got to say is just very curious about the, uh, the stat scoreline rather for that game. Yeah, the funny thing about this game was uh, both of these teams were, or Arkansas State was known as a team that scored a ton of points and couldn't stop anybody on defense. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing was, like you said, they they really only scored the three touchdowns and they were down even 21 to 10 to ULM with 10 minutes left in the third quarter and ended up, you know, scoring, uh, what was it, 17 over the final... 22 minutes of game time so they really like cut the jets on uh offensively and and it was a they were able to kind of gut this one out but uh good win uh for noted champion of life butch jones and his crew um and uh yeah so arkansas state uh moves to two and eight uh this season one and five in sunbelt play um and then ul monroe drops to four and six uh, and then two and five in conference play. Um, so looking at week 12, let's go ahead and get into this. All these times are Eastern Standard Time. Um, one o'clock is our first kick on Saturday. Texas State travels to uh, Conway to take on Coastal Carolina. I have not heard an update on Grace McCall's status at this point. Uh you know, two weeks ago, it sounded like he was out for the season. Now they made it seem like he was a week or two away from returning. So who who really knows what's up with that upper body injury that he uh, suffered a couple weeks ago? But um, I don't I don't honestly think they're going to ne- even need him. Um, I mean, Texas State, you know, Georgia Southern just played Texas State. Uh, Texas State's going to shoot themselves in the foot uh, as much as they want to. So um, I think Coastal wins this game. Uh, going away, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I, you're you're spot on. You know, it's Coastal Carolina and Texas State, right? If you know anything about what those what these teams are, I mean, you know, Coastal Carolina is going to walk away with this game. Um, if I am, if you know, speculating on Grayson McCall, obviously, you know what we're not going to know until injury reports come out. Probably not until you know Thursday, Friday, um, or rather, we probably won't know till tomorrow or kickoff but um i you're right they're not gonna need him don't don't press the issue and make it worse for him um you know get get up your one or two touchdowns early and just kind of pound the ball drain the clock it'll be a pretty open and shut game uh very quickly yeah i don't i don't see coastal having too much trouble with texas state um i would probably not touch the line because it's coastal carolina minus 24 uh that's a lot of points and i don't know if if bryce uh carpenter is starting i don't know that i could trust him to outscore texas state by 24 so i probably wouldn't touch this game if i was betting on it um the next game on the slate two o'clock arkansas state travels to atlanta to take on georgia state i'm not gonna call for the upset but i think this one's gonna be closer than the line indicates georgia state's a 16 and a half point favorite uh 
I think Georgia State has a little bit of a letdown spot following their their biggest win in program history. I think this one's closer than than the line would indicate, but I do think the Panthers end up winning the game. Uh, I'm agreeing with you on the line. Um, as we just talked about with Arkansas State, you know, the, the hyper-offensive um, score you until you, you can't score anymore kind of um, offense. Uh, that Georgia State, I feel... You know, if UL Monroe was able to keep the Red Wolves to 27, I, I think Georgia State can keep them under, under 30, 35. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, to that point, Arkansas State is going to let Georgia State score as much as they want. Problem is, Georgia State does not like to score. <laughs> um, they, they've been allergic to the end zone this season. They, they score just enough to win. Um, uh, they'll take deep shots to, you know, get a 30-yard gainer, but... Um, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, give me the Panthers by by eight or nine, but um, I'm not putting I'm not putting any money money line or the spread on this game. Yeah, sixteen and a half is a lot. Um, and I'm not saying you can't trust Georgia State, but I just think oh, it's no, the, you can't. Yeah, but I I still I, I, as as little as I trust Georgia State, I trust Arkansas State even less. Um, yeah. but I I think sixteen and a half is a ton. Uh, for these two kind of middle of the road ish sun to lower tier sunbelt teams. So mm-hmm. um, moving on three thirty kickoff uh, app state travels to Troy app state is a 10 point favorite um, app state has been killer as far as covering spreads this year. I think 10 points honestly isn't enough uh, app state seven and three as a team against the spread this year. So I like app uh, minus 10. I think they beat Troy by two to three touchdowns. I I don't think it's particularly close. Yeah. Troy's got a very solid defense, um, but I I think I've come on this podcast and said it before. I'm going to say it again. There is a clear tier shift between the different teams in the Sun Belt, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking at eight and two overall App State versus five and five Troy. A two t- two to three touchdowns feels. I I would be comfortable around the seventeen point range if we're going to talk yeah. spread for App State, but um, it's just can you pick yourself up after getting beat down by UL? Yeah, I I, I mean obviously every game matters for App at this point. I don't see them having a letdown for the rest of the year. Um, I, I, they need to win every single game, uh, because like I said, you know, they win this one or the Georgia Southern game, they're in the Sunbelt title conversation or the, the title game. So they, they can't afford to drop a game anywhere. Uh, so I, I think they, they pretty much run all over Troy. I don't, I don't think Troy has enough to, to keep up with what app state has on either yeah. side of the ball. Um, our next kick their ne- the next game, four o'clock kickoff georgia southern welcomes in the highest ranked fbs team to ever play in paulson stadium number 14 byu um zeke let me ask you a question before i kind of go into my pick on this one do you like free money i i'm a big fan of free money okay byu minus 20 is the freest money you will get (laughs) all year It, it you might as well walk over to a bank and slide them a note that says put the money in the bag because Georgia Southern is either starting a freshman that has an AC joint injury in his throwing shoulder 
or a guy that has a 12 to 2 career or sorry, 2 to 12 career touchdown to interception ratio. Oh. Um, so those are their offensive quarter. There's their co- quarterback options. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a team, they have picked off five passes all season long as a defense. Uh, one of them came last week. The last one before that came in week five against Arkansas State. So give me BYU minus 20. I think they absolutely roll Georgia Southern here. Uh, Southern doesn't have anything. My my recap for everybody who's listening, we're recording Thursday night. My recap comes up uh, Friday morning. Uh, Georgia Southern doesn't have anything from a talent perspective, coaching perspective, certainly not coaching perspective. To, to keep up with BYU, I just don't I don't see a way that it happens. Yeah, you're, you're the Georgia Southern guy, so I'm gonna you know let you have your uh, pedestal here. But I, I'm very curious how Southern managed to get such a high profile opponent this late in the season, right? You knock you knock these out of conference games out and at the beginning of the schedule. Um, but there are three teams, and we'll get to those later. But um, BYU in week 12 is just interesting and curious how that scheduling process went down. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those situations that it was scheduled a long time ago. Um, I I don't think anybody, I I don't even think people in Provo anticipated BYU being ranked 14th right now. And I I think the other thing that kind of played into Georgia Southern's hands on getting a home-and-home scheduled is the fact that BYU... I mean, what are they? Are they an independent? I can't remember. I but, believe they are independent. Yes. Okay. So independents just have to schedule who who they can schedule. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, you know, it's not like you have conference play to fall back on. So mm-hmm. you either go one of two directions: you schedule who you can schedule, like this game, or you just have to beg the big boys to to take you on one week and and let you play the Southern cows and the you know, whatever's of the world just to fill out a schedule. So it seemed like they, they kind of went with, you know, a little bit yeah. of both. But, um, yeah, a great game uh, for Georgia Southern to get BYU to come there. Uh, I think the on-the-field results are not going to be as great. Um, so, like I said, BYU minus 20 feels like the, the most free money you would ever receive. Um, the next game, also 4 o'clock kick, Louisiana travels to Lynchburg, Virginia to take on Liberty uh liberty's a four and a half point favorite i like the cajuns plus four and a half i like them outright i think they win the game liberty has not really impressed me at all this season i think malik willis has taken a step back um i don't know if people don't watch liberty's games or what but i had this talk with uh matt last week um pro football focus was absolutely just drooling at what malik willis could do in the pros uh, when they played Ole Miss, and then they ignored the fact that he threw three picks in that game. So I don't know what their deal is, but give me Louisiana uh, plus four and a half. I think they win this game outright. Uh, yeah, Liberty is one of those teams I feel is always in the conversation for best of like non non SEC non Big Twelve teams. Um, but to your point about just being unimpressed, looking at their schedule, right? They're seven and three, but they beat Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. They beat Middle Tennessee State. They beat UMass, the worst team in the country. I mean, they're um, they're they're they lost to UL Monroe. Right, they lost to UL. They lost to Syracuse. Um, this feels like a team that's they're a good football team. Do not get me wrong, but 
can they hang with Louisiana for four quarters? Not a chance. No, I mean, I mean, if you go through, you were looking at their schedule. Their their most impressive win to me is at UAB, um, and then the rest of their schedule is just kind of eh to me yeah. because it's like anytime they faced any path of resistance, they lost. You know, I'm sure they didn't expect ULM to give them a game, and they and they lost. Uh, Syracuse, they've scheduled. Um, you know, two games against Syracuse, they've lost them both, and Syracuse is no world beater um, in, in college football. So, I, yeah, I think Louisiana wins this game outright. I don't. I, I think Liberty. I, I said this last week. I think that bowl game last year between Liberty and Coastal. I don't know what happened, but it seems like both of those teams have taken a serious step back this year overall. Um, so yeah, like I said, give me the Cajuns. Um, next game, seven thirty at night. Neyland Stadium, Knoxville, Tennessee, South Alabama travels to take on UT. Um, Tennessee, 28-point favorites. Uh, I think this is going to be a matchup between two teams to see who's more deflated uh, because Tennessee just got absolutely rocked by Georgia last week, uh, and then South Alabama just got rocked by App, who was essentially the Georgia of the of the Sun Belt, I would say. Yeah. Um, so that's a little extreme, but I'll let you have that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, they haven't lost a conference game yet this year. Um, or, oh wait, sorry. They lost to Louisiana, but I, I, I just think that, uh, I, I don't see a way that South Alabama gets within striking distance of Tennessee in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Tennessee, right? They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Uh, they're just a better football team. Um, you talked about who who can bounce back better, but uh, Tennessee could play at you know seventy five percent, right, and yeah. still walk away with a with a comfortable win over South Alabama. Yeah, the difference in recruiting and just talent level from the SEC uh, to what we see weekly in the Sun Belt is just night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, you know I, I think Josh Heupel is is building something special in Knoxville. I think I think Tennessee is going to be in the uh, in contention for the uh, SEC East uh, sooner rather than later. Um, I think he just needs some time to get his guys in there. But yeah, give me Tennessee. Uh, I think they crush uh, South Alabama if I had to if I had to take the points. Um, last game of the night, nine o'clock. Uh, Interstate Louisiana battle. UL Monroe travels to Baton Rouge um, to take on LSU. LSU is a 29-point favorite in this game. Uh, LSU has had a very weird season. Um, they started off... Uh, or They've lost their last three in a row, but if you look at who they lost to, you know... A, a two touchdown loss to Miss uh, Ole Miss, uh, who is perennially a top fifteen team. They played Alabama right down to the the wire, uh, number two Alabama twenty to fourteen. And then last week they lost a field goal game to Arkansas, who's also ranked. Um, I think LSU rolls in this one. Um, they they've started to do this weird thing under Orgeron where they know he's not coming back, but they seem to be playing better knowing that he's not returning, which I don't really understand how that happens, but I think LSU rolls here. Yeah, um, well, it, it baffles me, and I'm I'm sure there's some good financial or NCA regulation for why Orgeron is still with the team, but it, it baffles me that LSU let that information get out mm-hmm. that and, and then stuck with him, right? 
If yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna fire him, tell him, hey, this is your last one, and then say it at the end of the season. Um, but to your point, the LSU, despite being four and six, has played th- the past three weeks against three pretty tough opponents, including number two ranked Alabama. They've played pretty freaking well, and yeah. um, and just like the last game we talked about, I mean, it's Sun Belt versus SEC. There is a distinct talent difference between these two teams, LSU by at least two scores. I mean, it, it's one thing if Louisiana, you know, the Cajuns were playing in Baton Rouge against LSU. I, yeah. I mean, I, I would give them probably a better than than average chance to upset in this game. But UL Monroe is on a downward trajectory. Like they had a really nice middle of the season where they upset some teams like Liberty um, but they seem to kind of just be falling back to, to where they have been historically the last couple of years. So I, I think LSU just absolutely rolls. I don't, I don't think this is one particularly close. So wrapping up here, give me the one game of, of week 12 that you're looking forward to the most. Game of the week, um, I guess would be Arkansas State, Georgia State, just by default. Um uh, maybe Louisiana Liberty. There's nothing that else that really just screams like, hey, this is going to be a game you're able to sit down and watch for four quarters. Um, mm-hmm. So I, from, I'm going to be watching the Georgia State game regardless, but I, that's my take for game of the week, but not because it's a great game, just by default. Yeah, I, I'm most interested in Louisiana and Liberty. Um, it, it's, a good, it's a good matchup between two G5 uh, teams. Um, uh, you know, George, it, it probably helps that Georgia Southern's playing a team that's going to absolutely crush them. So when we hit halftime and and the score is already you know lopsided, I can kind of sneak over to ESPNU yep. and watch some of Louisiana Liberty and know that I'm not going to miss a whole ton uh, mm-hmm. in the Georgia Southern BYU game. But that pretty much wraps up Week 12. Um, you know, Zeke, tell folks where they can find you uh, on uh, social media. Uh, social media, post uh, all my stuff on Twitter at Zeke Palermo, Z-E-K-E-P-A-L-E-R-M-O. Uh, that's where all my stories go. Um, as soon as they go up on uh, Underdog Dynasty, Georgia State um, preview, review, and then other just Sunbelt stories, um, uh, that's where you can find me on Twitter. Um, and that's really all I'm on these days. Yeah, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at WatchTheStone. Um, like I said, all of my Georgia Southern stuff is going to go up, uh, you know, preview goes up Friday recap will probably come shortly after this game. Uh, I've actually Zeke just, just in case you, d- you didn't know, I had actually up until last week against Texas state cause Georgia Southern finally won another game. I had been hosting this Twitter space after the games, uh, where I, I let Georgia Southern fans just come in vent about how the season's been going. Uh, so, so that's been one of the only fun things that has come from this, this terrible season for the Eagles, but, uh, Zeke, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having me. It's always a fun time, Brian. All right. And this has been another edition of the underdog dynasty Sunbelt podcast.